All right. Well, it is a special night tonight. You may have already heard, but it's senior night. Uh, a chance for us to uh, acknowledge our graduating seniors and hear from some of them as they impart uh, to you all before they graduate and move on to, to bigger and better and greater things. Uh, to impart to you guys some encouragement from the Lord. Now, we will have our year-end cookout uh, next Thursday that, on the study day at noon at the Campus Gardens, right? And, and at this cookout, we're going to eat some good food, potluck style, man, bring whatever dish, man, you make really well or your grandma makes really well, I don't know, but bring it. We're going to have some hot dogs and, uh, and some side dishes uh, and drinks. It's going to be fun there at the cookout. We're going to play some nine square. Those of you guys who went to our Kyle for one day uh, last semester, we'll bring the nine square set and then also the volleyball courts there as well. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But at this year in cookout, we'll also take some time to honor our graduating seniors, right? Our, our seniors that are graduating in May, or this may be their last semester with us because they're, they're transferring, something like that. We want to make sure we honor all of them next Thursday. So show up at that cookout and come ready to say something that will encourage uh, our graduates as they move on. Let them know how much uh, they mean to you. So that's uh, you know, uh, Izzy is, is one. This is his last semester uh, with us for transferring to Texas. Man, uh, if you guys see Barek, if you say B, see BK on campus, he's graduating this semester as well with his master's degree. Um, and then and then we also have graduating Shelby, who's not here with us because she's in L.A. with her mom. She got to do a fun trip out in California, so we don't feel too bad for her. Uh, but but she, she's graduating as well, man. Shelby's going to be dearly missed. And then two others. Uh, Spooky and Taylor, who we're going to get a chance to hear from tonight. So at the cookout, we're going to affirm them, we're going to bless them, we're going to pray for them, let them know how, how much they mean to us. Uh, but tonight, we're going to give a chance for two of them to impart to you guys, and, and you guys can hear from them and be encouraged. So Taylor's going to be first. Man, you guys let her know how excited you are to hear from her. She's going to come on down. I know, I know we're affirming it at the cookout, but I'm going to get, get started a little early now. I want you to know how special uh, this lady is to me. Uh, I'm so proud of her, you know, her faithfulness, her diligence, man, her leading a life group. Any of her life group ladies here tonight? Yeah, for sure. You guys appreciate Taylor? Um, and so, man, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Yeah, you can set that right here, however you want to do it, uh, and take it away. Thank you, Matt, for the introduction. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Taylor. I'm 21. Um, I gave my life to Christ fully in the first half of 2021. I've been a Christian my whole life, but I didn't know what a Christian really was until 2021. So um, I started getting involved with Chi Alpha around fall 2021, which was my first semester taking a classes on campus. Coming in, I really didn't have any friends. So I went to different events on campus. I would meet people. We would start group chats saying, yeah, they're up to me now. These group chats will last like a week or two. <laughs> um, even then, I could like, feel that I was trying to force things or friendships that like really weren't meant for me. And so this brings me to Proverbs 16, 9, which reads, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. My desire was to have friends, which is a good desire. There's nothing wrong with that. I was just going about it a little bit differently than God wanted me to, and I was looking like in the wrong direction. So when you want something, go to God, Make sure that your heart is in the right place. And if it's in his will, ask him what you should do to get it or if there's even anything that he needs you to do to get it. He might just give it to you and you don't have to do anything. Once I found Chi Alpha, I was to myself in the beginning, but nonetheless, everybody was so welcoming. 
for some reason, I didn't believe that it would happen. But since then, I've built so many great relationships that I'm truly grateful for. And 2 Thessalonians 3.13 says, And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. There's been times, and there may be more times, especially in college, where we get frustrated because we don't see the fruits of our labor. But I want you all to know that your kindness does not go unnoticed. Our Father in heaven sees it, and he will reward it. I just encourage you to embrace and appreciate the community that you have here. And if you're shy like me, loosen up and down the line, you'll look back and be so glad that you did. Thank you. Thank you, Taylor. That's pretty, you're up, man. You're up. I love this dude so much. And you guys in the room know Spooky, I would guess he's made a positive impact on your life. Um, and he, this man really loves Jesus. Like, he really loves the Lord. Uh, and he's going to make sure you know about the Lord, right? If you're going to spend time with them, uh, he, he's going to make sure you know Jesus. Um, and he, he's not here to mess around. Right, he's not here to play around, right? Uh, he really wants to make sure you know the Lord and you're living right. If you claim to be a Christian, he's going to hold you to that, right? That's why I love this dude. Do we have enough fake people? Yeah. Spooky's not that way, right? There's no guile in this man. There's no fake in this man, right? And I'm so, so proud of him. so thankful for him. Uh, oh, this is a joy. Don't even see her. Keep her in your blind spot. All right. All right, I love you, Spooky. Take it away. <laughs> All right, appreciate you, Matt. Everybody love Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. All right, guys. Uh, like, like Matt said, my name is Merlin. My name is Marlin, but everybody calls me Spooky. Um, I'm from Murfreesboro, but I've been here in Memphis for four years. I actually live in Centennial in an apartment. I have five roommates, six of us, six dudes in one apartment. Kind of rough, but you know we make it work. It's okay. So uh, it was this time, you know, semester ends, you get a new roommate. Well, we got two because two moved out. And uh, one of my roommates was downstairs. He met this girl. She said, oh, you're Spooky's roommate. He's like, I don't know you, but yeah, I'm Spooky's roommate. Like, nice to meet you. She's like, well, can I come upstairs and say hi to him? He's like, uh, I mean, I guess. Like, you know his name. You know you're my roommate. Sure, you can come upstairs. So she comes upstairs. I hear on my apartment door. Mind you, we got a front door. Then we got my apartment bedroom door. So I open my apartment door expecting to see one of my roommates. I see this girl who I have no idea who she is. I do not know her whatsoever. She's like, hey, Spooky, walks into my room, goes to my wallet, and looks through my wallet. I'm sitting there like, who is this stranger? Like, I don't, don't know her at all. So I, like, snatch my wallet. I'm like, I don't want to be like, who are you? Because, like, clearly she knew me. So I'm like, hey, you know, good to see you. I should just ask. But I'm like, good to see you. You know how you doing? She, like, gets comfortable, sits on my nightstand. She talks for, like, 10 minutes. I should have been like, can you leave? But I didn't do that. I, didn't, I texted one of my roommates, and I was like, hey, come save me. So he comes like, hey, can you come to my room quick? I go in his room. She's just in the living room and waits for me for like another 10 to 15 minutes. This girl is like not getting a hint. So I go in the living room. I sit down with her for a second. One of my roommates is cooking something in the air fryer. She's like, I wonder what they're cooking. I said, oh, he's kind of shy. It's probably worth you to leave so he can come out and get it. She's like, oh, he be waiting. I'm like, what? Like, what are you? So eventually she leaves. So eventually she leaves. Never learned her name. I don't know why I didn't ask. So two days later, two days later, I'm in the laundry room. I go in the lobby to do my laundry. Who do I see? Same girl. So I, I try to sort of ignore her because I'm like, she's clearly like, wait, no, let me just walk away easily. So like I try to walk away. She's like, oh, hey, Spooky. I'm like, hey, 
I get down the hallway, I hear the Holy Spirit say, go talk to her. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not trying to. But like, he wouldn't leave me alone. He's like, no, go talk to her, go talk to her. So I go and tell Leland, I'm like, sad about it, because I don't want to talk to this girl. I'm like, hey, I think I was really good. So he was like, yeah, go do it. So I go out there. We talk for like four or five hours just about the gospel, about her life story. And she tells me like, she's not a Christian, but she used to be. She has church hurt like a lot of people. And she says, although I'm not a Christian, I know that God sent you because I've been contemplating suicide. And like, you came and talked to me and made me feel better about it. And I'm like, how magical is God that I get a new roommate? He meets this girl who I don't know downstairs. She comes to my, I would never talk to her had I not had the encounter with her. And that's what I like. I want to talk about being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Because had I not been obedient to the Holy Spirit, who knows what would have happened to that girl. So first I want to, um, I don't know about you guys, but it's really hard being obedient sometimes. And I want to talk about a figure who was also struggling with being obedient to God. His name is Moses. We're going to be uh, studying Exodus 4, 1 through 14 tonight. So first, uh, I want to give a little bit of background information for those that don't know. Uh, the Israelites are in, enslaved by the Egyptians. You know, they're, uh, the Pharaoh felt like there was too many Israelites. He felt like they were going to rise up and overthrow them. So they were enslaved. And they cried out to God, and God heard their cries, and he wanted to help them. So he appeared to Moses in the form of a burning bush. And um, God, Moses like, he, God tells Moses, like, go tell the Pharaoh, like, let my people go. And Moses like, who do I say sent me? He says, say I am who I am. And this is where we're going to start at, Exodus 4, 1. Exodus 4, 1 says, Moses answered to God, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? And I don't know about you guys, but this is a common fear between a lot of us. We say, oh, like, I don't want to go and talk to a person that God told me to go talk to because I don't know if that's from God. If I say it's from God, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? No, it's not. Like, I don't even believe in God. So most of that, a common fear that most of us have. Like, what if, what, if, what if they don't believe me? So God didn't get frustrated when Moses said, God, like, what if they don't believe me? He didn't say, next. He was patient with Moses. He said to Moses, the little Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and became a snake, and he ran from it. So look, once Moses told God how he felt, he was like, God, like, I need help. Like, I don't, what if they don't believe me? I'm scared. God said, don't worry about it. Use what you already have, a staff. He didn't say, Moses, go get a staff. He didn't say, Moses, go make a staff. He said, use what you have. He said, use what, I, what I've already prepared you to have. Use your staff. Throw it on the ground and make it a snake. So once Moses actually that reassurance, God gave it. But what did Moses do? He ran from the snake. We say, God, if that's you, let me know. But once you tell us, we don't listen. We run away. We're like, ah, oh, no, that's not God. We ignore that. We say, look at Moses, like, wow, you're crazy. But we go through the same thing all the time. So that's the first part. That's the first point I want to make is when you need help, ask God. Don't just sit in that unsureness. Tell the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit, is that you? Show me that it's you. And he's not going to make you go do a backflip to get it. He's going to actually use what you already have. That's shown again in Exodus 4. I think I'm on the right page, y'all. I'm sorry. Like, I get excited and start going fast. I'm sorry, y'all. So then he says, then the Lord said to him. Okay, yeah, reach out your hand. Take it. He said, reach out your hand. Take it by the tail. He told Moses, pick up that reassurance. Use the reassurance I gave you. So in Exodus, wait a minute, five? Yeah, okay, let's go to Exodus six, maybe? So once again, he asked, so he said, that's not enough. I got some more for you. Don't go get anything else. Use what you already have. He says, then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand to his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Then the Lord said, now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. See, okay, so that's two signs that God gave Moses, using what he already had. 
But God gave uh, Moses one more miracle. And now Moses didn't have what God told him to go get this time. But even if, though Moses didn't have it, God still provided what he needed to use. God still provided the tool they needed in order to convince the Pharaoh. So uh, Exodus 8 says, then the Lord said, if they do not believe you, pay attention to the first sign. They may believe the second, but if they do not believe these two signs, listen to you, take some water from the Nile and put it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. God said they don't believe these gifts you already have, and I'll provide a new one for you. He's not going to leave you hanging. If what you have doesn't work, God knows ahead of time that it's not going to work. He's going to give you more. So be obedient and listen to that. One common thing between all three of these miracles is that Moses had to do something first. He said, throw your, throw your staff on the ground. He said, stick your hand in your cloak. He said, go get the water. We want to we see these miracles. We want to see lives change and souls saved. We don't want to do the work. If God says go and talk to them, then go and talk to them. You can't be like, I hope they get saved and sit at your desk and do nothing about it. We have to do the work. We have to take action so we can see these miracles happen. Like, I, like, I want to be like... I want to be like Moses. Like, I want to see these miracles in my life. I want to see miracles in others' lives, but I'd be scared to do the work sometimes. you got to put in the work. So the next point I want to make is to tell God your excuses. This is where self-doubt comes in. It's like, oh, I don't think God's talking to me, or I don't want to talk to him. I have anxiety, or I'm too busy. i got to get to class. I don't want to talk to him. Moses went through the same thing. He told God his excuses. Exodus 10 says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, eloquent neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. He says, I am slow of speech and tongue. Many people believe that this means that he had a stutter. He was slow to get his words out. It was hard to communicate from Moses. So he was like, why would you ask me to go and talk to somebody when I'm slow of tongue? This was his excuse. And for you, it might not be a stutter. For you, it might be, like I said, social anxiety. Um, you're tired from the gym. You're tired from class. You're just trying to get on to the next thing. So when you have an excuse, take it to God. Because you're thinking it. So if you think it, you can pray it. God knows your thoughts. One man told me, don't be passive-aggressive with God. Like, oh, like oh, I'm not trying to hear that. Like, tell God what you're feeling. Regardless of what it is, say a prayer to God, and he, and he will reassure you and give you an answer for your excuse. He did that to Moses the same way in Exodus 11. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouth? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Once again, there it goes. Now go. Do the action. See, God basically said, don't worry about all that. I got you. He said, I made you perfect for this occasion. God specifically asked Moses to do it for a reason, and he's specifically asking you to do something for the same reason. God could have chose anybody, but he chose Moses for a specific reason. So when God says, go talk to that classmate, it's for a specific reason. Maybe you have an experience I don't have. So, like, he wants you to do that. We say things like, God, oh, I can't share the gospel with them. I got class or anything like that. We expect God to be like, oh, I didn't know you got class. I ain't know the schedule. My bad. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll fix somebody else. No, he knows already. Like, do what he asked you to do. Like, just be obedient. Which brings us to my third point. Tell God how you feel. So Moses ran out of excuses. He had nothing else. He, he talked about the stutter. He's like, what if they don't believe me? So at this point, he was like, God, like, I don't, like, I don't want to. Like, get somebody else to do it. Moses, uh, Exodus 13 says, but Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. And I don't know my job, but it be like that sometimes. Even with that girl, I was like, no, God, send someone else. Like, I'm not trying to talk to her. But he picked me for a reason. Whatever that reason may be, it was an honor to be used. So this is where God got angry. He says, Exodus, uh, Exodus 14 says, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. Now, this is why God is so good. It says the Lord's anger burned against Moses. But he didn't kill Moses. He didn't punish Moses. He was patient with Moses. Because Moses went to God and said, please send someone else. Now, had, God, now, had Moses just ignored God and was like, I'm not doing that and went somewhere else, God would have had to, like, he would have had to spank him on the bottom. But since he was honest with God and showed his emotions, God was patient with him. 
So then the Lord said, er, the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. See, God said he was already on his way. He's like, but before you was born, before the earth was made, I knew you was going to be like, God, I don't want to do it. So I already got your brother on the way who's already good at speaking. The gifts I gave him are different than the gifts I gave you. He gave his brother, his blood brother, I assume, I don't know, his blood brother. <laughs> he gave his blood brother the gift of speaking, but he went to talk to Moses. Why didn't he just go and talk to Aaron the Levite, because God has specific reasons. His reasons are higher than ours. He needed Moses to do that. He needed Aaron to be Moses' brother. It was all in design. God answered every excuse that Moses had, but Moses was still saying no. It was anger to burn against Moses, but still he was merciful. He didn't get mad. He still, he still sent help anyway. So when you get angry at God, when you are doubting God's existence or doubting it's the Holy Spirit, tell the Holy Spirit. Tell God, like, is that you? Tell God, like, hey, my faith is weak right now. Reassure me. He's going to meet you where you're at. He gives us these emotions. In a perfect world, sure, we're never going to doubt God. But this world is fallen, and God wants to take every emotion to just not happiness. Don't just share your happiness with God. Share your anger with God and make that anger happiness. Make that anger peace, because God wants to be your peace. Don't just hide your emotions and be passive-aggressive with him. So for a challenge, we know we're supposed to rely on God for help, but why don't we rely on God to help us obey him? When God tells us to do something, we sort of just like, ah, I got to go do this. Ask God for the strength to do it. Ask him for his help. And it's crazy because when Matt says something like, climb on somebody's back, uh, baby bunk bed backpack, we don't question it, we do it. But when God says, go talk to somebody, we act like, oh, no, I can't do that. I ain't trying to do that. I just want you to think about how happy the world would be, how many souls would be saved if we just obeyed God. If we obey love, because God is love. So why not listen to love? When God says, go talk to my child, his child, go talk to my child, your classmate, then go talk to them. Listen to love and lead with love. And by listening to the Holy Spirit, we're like leading with love. And that's all I really got. Wow. That encourage anybody? Like somebody's got a call on their life to preach. <laughs> For sure. Man, you guys heard two fantastic words of encouragement tonight. And here's, here's how I think we're going to respond to it. Um, so uh, both of these folks, uh, I, I didn't give them what to speak about. I asked them to pray and, and see what God would lay on their heart. And I feel like what God laid on their heart is really applicable to where y'all are at right now. Um, you know, Taylor, Taylor had a, a message, man, looking at Proverbs about uh, it's the Lord that, that, that directs a, a person's steps, right? That we try to make our plans, right? We try to make our plans, but then sometimes God has other plans. You guys have lived that out. Uh, but really trusting, okay, God, your way is best for me, and you're going to guide my path. Uh, that, that, uh, I mean, Taylor right now herself is in the season of transition. God, where are you going to go? Where's my, where's my job career going to be, right? Uh, where me and Taylor are going to live? Those kind of things. Like, like, like she, she, needs, she needs the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But there's people in here right now tonight saying, Lord, I need you to direct my steps. I need you to direct my path. I don't know what this summer looks like. I don't know what the next school year looks like. God, I don't even know if the major I'm in is the major I'm supposed to be in. God, I don't know, any, I don't know which way from up. And you're saying, God, I need that guidance and direction. Man, I, I want us to respond. Say, okay, God, I trust you at your word. When Proverbs says, Lord, that you're the one that anoints our steps. Uh, you're the one that guides our paths. Uh, God, I need you to do that for me. And I need direction. And some of you may need to respond to what God laid on Spooky's heart. Right? Just trusting him more. Increasing your faith. Increasing your ability to trust him when he asks you to do something. To step out in obedience. And allow God to use you 
uh, to share the gospel uh, with a classmate, right? To share, to share the hope you found in Jesus uh, with someone on this campus who's maybe hurting, uh, maybe broken, uh, maybe doesn't know what to think about God or life or any of it, that God can use you to speak life and encouragement uh, and love to them. To say, God, I, I, I want to be able to trust you more with what I've already got in my hands. Uh, I want to lean on you more. I want to be used by you, Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe you would respond uh, that way to that encouragement and say, yeah, I need to trust God more. Or maybe God's already asked me to do something and I've not been obedient yet. Um, and maybe something, there's something you know you're supposed to do and you're like, ah, don't let the semester run out. Right? It's almost finals, right? You're running out of time. Like maybe God's already asked you to do something uh, and it's okay, God, help me to be obedient. Even this week, even tonight, if possible, uh, but help me to be obedient to you. Sometimes we're desperate for God to speak. Desperate, oh God, don't you speak to me about this issue or that issue. Um, but if we thought back to the last time he spoke, did we obey the last thing he told us to do? And if we didn't obey the last thing he told us to do, why are we expecting him to tell us something else, right? Uh, that obedience is what kind of gets the, gets the gears turning in our communication uh, with God. To say, man, I'm in a tough spot where kind of like Moses you know, maybe it's a self-doubt, maybe it's an anxiety issue, maybe it's a doubt of my own ability issue, uh, but I need, I need that encouragement from the Lord that, that He has a plan for my life, He's going to use me, uh, and I want Him to use me, uh, and, and I want to be more obedient and trust Him for that. So I'm going to ask you guys to be a little bold. If you want to respond to, to either of those two issues, would you stand to your feet? Uh, we're going to respond in prayer. So you can do that now. Go stand to your feet. So I want to respond to either one of those. God, I really need your guidance and direction in my life. I need you to guide my steps, anoint my steps, or God, I need you to increase my faith uh, and, and, and help me to trust you more, and I want to be used by you more. Um, amen. That's, yeah, that's mostly all of us, right? Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do body ministry. Pray one for another. So if you're standing up, or, or maybe you're sitting down with someone near you standing up, I want you to, to, to pray for them. Put a gentle hand on their, their shoulder. We're going to pray for them. Uh, if, if, if you and the person next to you stood, I'm going to pray, pray for one another. And you can say, man, just be as, as transparent and vulnerable as you feel like being, but say, yeah, I'm responding to this. I really need God's direction, or I'm responding to this. I, I really want to be more obedient to the Lord, or I want God to use me more. Uh, we're going to need to take the next few minutes and just pray for one another. Just pray for one another. Ask, ask your friend there, how can I pray for you? And then pray for one another, okay? Amen. You want to start now?